T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrock. Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you. Congratulations, David, for winning the HTO Ice Tea and Brew House Coffee. Uh, we are chugging right along through the hump day of Super Bowl week. Been talking a lot of Chiefs there in hour number one. Our appreciation to Alex Gold for hopping on with us, our sister station up in Kansas City. You can hear his show uh, each and every day on the Odyssey app. Easiest way for you to hear it around here. Tommy, the Royals, we challenged and have challenged for probably about a calendar year now. John Sherman to put up or shut up about a new stadium, and he's putting it up. Right, and it's not like he's blindly throwing money at the wall just to these these moves that they have made, the Waka uh, signing, the Lugo signing, the bullpen additions. Like they all make sense. They're all going to help the Royals next year, and then the big one, the one that we've clamored for for a long time, and you know even the detractors that I think lost their minds for just a brief period of time that we're like, let's trade Bobby Witt Jr. early in the year. I, I think universally, everybody understands his importance to this organization. And I, I, you know, I think we can get as hyperbolic as we want to with it. It's the most important money decision that the franchise has ever had to make, right? I think the risk is fairly low. I think he's wired the right way. I think a lot of the traits and and things about his personality that we love about Patrick Mahomes carries over to Bobby Witt Jr. Like he was literally born to be a professional athlete. So I I think it makes a lot of sense. It's as important. It it is the most important financial thing they've ever done on the field. Like not even close. No question. You have to make this happen if you want momentum. I mean, their attendance numbers were only ahead of Oakland. And Tampa last. No, sorry. No, they were not ahead of Tampa. Only Oakland and Miami last year. That's it. Like, you cannot build a new ballpark downtown and have it be empty. And the key thing you can do is have a face to it. That's Bobby Wood Jr. Yeah, I mean, in the context of the history of the franchise, 50-plus years in Major League Baseball, they've never made a financial commitment anywhere close to this. 
with any other player ever. I mean, you have to even look in, at even in relative relative terms, right? I'm no not even dollars talking about, are bigger yeah. now. But even yeah. in, I mean, the length of the contract and all of that. And there have been some really, really important players, as we all know, that have gone through the Kansas City Royals organization over the years. And George Brett is probably the number one guy. And Bobby Witt Jr. is the next George Brett. And they, they've made a financial commitment to Bobby Witt Jr. that proves that, the face of the franchise long term. Uh, and I think that the timing of this was really good, and not just for the stadium, but also just in the development and the evolution of where Bobby Witt Jr. is in his career right now. If they had made this deal a year ago or even in the middle of the season last year, you would have heard a lot of people say, why are you giving all this money to somebody who hasn't proven anything yet? And is he overhyped? And will he live up to the billing and all of that? I don't think we're hearing any of that now because we've seen in just a couple of short years Bobby Witt Jr. burst onto the scene in Major League Baseball. He struggled a little bit to open up the season last year. There were talks of a sophomore slump, all of that. And he quickly broke out of that and became one of the best players in Major League Baseball. And you have to like also look at how old he is and how much longer he has to continue to be an elite baseball player. He's going to be one of the best baseball players in the entire game, and the Royals locked him up, and they don't do that. Historically, this franchise has never done that. So I, I know you mentioned hyperbolic, but I don't think it can be overstated the importance I, I, that's of this. What I, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. And and by the way, his struggles last year, if you looked a little deeper, he wasn't struggling. He was unlucky, right? Like his the things that he does were all the exact same as they were when he was building that momentum the year before. Historically, and we'll see with Fernando Tatis Jr., and I suppose his, you know, decided boneheadedness is always a concern on these kinds of deals. Most of the time, though, they're almost never regretted when you get it done with a young player. You know, Mike Trout, um... I gave you the list yesterday, but there's a lot of them where you're just like, yep, that was a good deal. Yep, that was a good deal. I mean, most of the time with young, but Jordan Alvarez got one last year with the Astros. You think they have any regrets? No. Uh, I mean, it, it is the right, it's the right way to conduct your business in baseball because the reality is if you think, even if Bobby Witt Jr. And, and what is it? It's two, what, what is the, you know, per year, 20 something million, 27 the, million, maybe in the 11 years. By the by the just the simple economics of baseball, right? Like if you can imagine eight years from now, Bobby Witt Jr. as a twenty seven million dollar player, outside of catastrophic injury, there's almost no chance that's a bad contract. That's gonna be a pretty standard contract in eight years, by the way, historically baseball has gone. So there's such there's such a small amount of risk. Obviously, the option years on the back end are the appealing part for Bobby Witt Jr. because it it balloons up to like 380, right, if it goes out to 14 years. So he, that's where he really cashes in. But it also tells you something about Bobby Witt Jr. If, I, if we had to guess right now, if Bobby Witt Jr. just played out arbitration and became a free agent, 11 years from now, do you think he would have more than whatever the number is, to whatever, the, the answer is almost certainly yes, right? 
Like the financial security is there, obviously, for him now. But it also tells you that he wants to be in Kansas City. And 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 honestly, like as exciting about any of it is for Royals fans, I think you get excited about that number one, right? That he wants to be a part of Kansas City's organization. And I think you got to be excited that he's wired in the way that it's like, yeah, man, I want to be the face when we move into this new ballpark. I want to be the guy that people talk about like they talk about George Brett and Salvador Perez. Like, I want to be that guy. I think being wired that way is a key component, too. You can be the best Royal ever, or you can go be the 12th best Yankee ever. You know what I mean? I think I think wanting that and in, in, in being attracted to that part of it is good for a high-end athlete, like to have that sort of wiring, to want to go be the best for Kansas City, not just be another piece for the Dodgers. Yeah, and I think that also Bobby Witt Jr. clearly knows where this franchise has been the last few years. Uh, I mean, he was drafted by them. He came up, you know, in their system, all of that. And I think he understands that the entire fan base, and not just the fan base, the organization in general, has been craving and yearning for a franchise player in the same way that Patrick Mahomes is that for the Chiefs. They've been craving that. And so I think that he rightfully understands that he has that opportunity to be that person for this organization long-term. And when I looked at the, the terms of the deal, when it came out, my first thought wasn't the amount of money. It was kind of like you. It was the number of years. It was the 11 years and up to 14 with, with options and all of that. And I thought to myself, wow, okay, if this was a five-year deal, then if Bobby Witt Jr. continues on the trajectory that he's currently on, in five years, he's going to garner, he could garner on the open market a lot more money and probably price the Royals out and then go to the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox. We've seen that over and over and over again in Major League Baseball. That's not happening with Bobby Wood Jr. now that they've locked him up for basically his entire career. Now, there will be a time where he'll be able to renegotiate again, and we're probably going to see that. You know, I, I can't imagine that the terms of the contract in 11 years will be exactly like they are today. We're, we're probably going to see some renegotiation and that sort of thing. But at least they know that they don't have to worry about fending off the large market teams for a long time with the guy that they want to be the cornerstone of their organization. It is such a nice turn of events from last year. I mean, last year sucked, right? It was bad. And to think about this much positive momentum, John Sherman deserves a lot of credit. It's going to get him his stadium. Like, he's getting his stadium. But it hasn't been, like, deceptive. It hasn't been deceitful. He's done it in the way that he needed to do it. And to do that coming off of the season they had last year is remarkable. I don't think you'll hear anybody out there that follows this team and follows baseball that would tell you the Royals don't have some chance to be competitive for a postseason spot next year. With the additions that they've made in free agency, which is basically two starters that are as good as anybody you've got. You put those guys with Reagans, and now you have a at least respectable rotation. And and I think three bullpen pieces that probably are better than what you had. You add that to the roster, and they've, and they've got a couple of veteran bats that will probably be handy for them. 
the AL Central? I mean, yeah, yeah. come on, and, right? And, like, and, and it's not just what the AL Central coming back. Yeah, it's not just what the AL Central did last year, which you know no team really did particularly well, but it's what each team has done this offseason. And I, you know, I, I can't think of well, maybe, always, you know, right? Well, yeah, like, I, I can't think of really. I mean, off the top of my head, any major moves that any team in the AL Central made. Maybe there's a couple. I think maybe the Twins brought in somebody. Twins have been a little active, yeah. Um, I, I, and I, but I can't either. I mean, you know, the White Sox are kind of tearing it down a little bit. The Indians always feel like they're tearing it down the a little bit and just trying to ched water. Oh, I'm sorry, the Guardians. <laughs> that was an absolute accident. The Guardians. Um, you know what's really hard about that for me is that Major League is my favorite sports movie of all time. Yeah. And it's just like, it's really hard. for I, I just don't think about that stuff. Uh, I mean, I still call it Twitter, if that helps you any. Uh, no, absolutely, obviously, no offense intended there. But it, yeah, I, I don't think the I don't think the division is ever going to produce some juggernaut that that is un you know insurmountable. It just doesn't seem like that's it. The White Sox would be the team that would do it if any team's going to do it. We've seen Detroit get there spending wise in the past. The problem for the Royals against all of those teams, though, they all have pretty good farm systems, and the Royals might have the worst in baseball. So, you know, the the homegrown feel of it just it ain't coming for a while for Kansas City. So you've got what you've got out of your farm system, and you have to supplement it by spending money, and they've done that. They've done a really good job of that. And so, you know, it, it puts them in a good position. Where I'm not ready to like pick winners of a division yet. I, I couldn't tell you enough about the other teams and who they're rolling out there. I just haven't paid that much attention to what they're doing. But I can tell you that I think the Royals will have a chance. I can tell you that I like 60% of their starting rotation, maybe even 80% with Brady Singer. I can tell you that their bullpen got stronger. And I can tell you with Pascantino coming back and a couple of veteran bats, probably their lineup got better too. I mean, I think they got better everywhere because they were basically fielding a minor league baseball roster out there in the big leagues last year. It was like Bobby Witt Jr. and friends, right? Like nobody, you know, Salvi should still have some gas left in the tank and I want him to play forever. But, I, you know, get out there in DH, play a little first base, whatever you got to do. But I, I'm happy... This is what I said to Savage yesterday. I'm just so happy for Royals fans because there's a long history of these guys walking out the door. And outside of George Brett and Salvador Perez, they always have. And now this one won't. He has a chance to be as good as either of those other two guys who I think Salvi will be in the Hall of Fame. So you're talking about a Hall of Fame type trajectory. I'm just happy for Royals fans that they get that. And the organization as a whole, you know, we talked about the financial commitment they made to Bobby Wood Jr. They have not always knocked it out of the park when it comes to contracts that they've doled out. Um, right. You know, they, they've, they hung on to, you know, some players that maybe they shouldn't have and paid money for them that they probably shouldn't have uh, over the years. On top of that, uh, they had some kind of big swings and misses in free agency in the past. Now, they, they signed Alex Gordon, uh, paid him a good amount of money, not anywhere close to this Bobby Witt Jr. contract, but they did lock him up. They did the same thing with Salvador Perez. But if you're also looking at top contracts that the Royals have given out to players over the years, you've got guys like Ian Kennedy on that list and Gil Mesh 
on that list of you know longer term deals with a good amount of money like over 10 million dollars a year type money so they haven't always gotten it right with who they've given money to but at least in this scenario you just look at this guy and you know okay they got it right because there was no other option other than locking him up for a long time other than just knowing that he was going to walk away at some point and they avoided that thankfully they have they also to be fair haven't had that kind of player yeah. since I mean, Zach Grinke is the one that jumps to mind the most of you're talking like top end top. So you, you think about the World Series years. They did a good job. Dayton Moore did a good job of keeping Hosmer, Moustakas, and Locaine together. I don't know that by, you know, by the time they were winning the World Series, though, I don't think any of those guys were quite at the ceiling level of Bobby Witt Jr. They were all collectively really good and Alex Gordon in that mix too. And so they did a good job of like maintaining that for about the appropriate amount of time, honestly. But none of those guys at any point, I mean, Hosmer was that kind of prospect, but none of those guys ended up when we got to the big leagues thinking like, okay, this this guy has a chance to be like an MVP, right? And that's where we are with Bobby Witt Jr., I think Salvador Perez has had some of that, and they and 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 they deserve credit for Salvador Perez. Now he has a lot to do with it because he took a really bad, you know, he never demanded more when he took a very team friendly deal when he was very young, and he obviously just loves his time in Kansas City. But this will be, you know, you go back to Grinky. I don't, you know, I maybe Johnny Damon was that way. Uh, maybe uh, Carlos Beltran was that way, right? Maybe those guys are more in this mold, probably. I think they are, and, 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 and you... it became a, a situation where you just knew that the Royals, back in the day, you knew they had a really good farm system, and you knew that they were going to be bringing up uh, you know, big-time talent that were not going to last in Kansas City because there was no way that they would be able to sign them to deals. And, I mean, that happened with Damon. That happened with Beltran. It happened with other players, too. So they got it done, and he's a royal now. And, you know, we hope and pray for good health, and I I just cannot wait to see him play baseball for the next 10 years because I think his upside is as high as any player they've ever had, and that includes George Brett and Salvador Perez, who are, I think, going to both. You know, Perez, I think, will be in the Hall of Fame. Again, you're talking about Hall of Famers here. Um, I can't wait. I'm so happy for Royal fans. I'm happy for us. We're the flagship station of the Royals. I'm happy for Royals baseball to be good. I've never had more fun in my professional career than covering a couple of World Series, you know, right there front and center. It was a blast to do that. I'm, I'm so happy that that could potentially come back too. Royals fans celebrate. 869-1240 on the KFH Hotline. We'll come back. More Super Bowl talk. We'll dig just a little bit more into the Shockers tonight. This should be a Shocker game where we're like, all right, yeah, they're playing the UTSA. Great. We'll come back. We'll talk about their big win tomorrow. We got to see it, though. We haven't really seen that yet. Uh, so we'll get into that. More Super Bowl talk. It's all broadcaster. Jad Chambers producing. We'll be right back. Kelsey, something he said he's learned about being famous from Taylor Swift, that being famous worldwide is very different than being famous in Kansas City. 
Uh, how, how much do you, how much do you think his life has changed? Like, I think about that. It's got to be the craziest. Like, becoming an overnight sensation, and obviously he's far from that, but the level of fame is sort of that, is just so different, right? Like, it, it, like people recognize you around Kansas City. Everybody's nice to you. To go from that to, like, everybody on the planet has an opinion about you, and they've never talked to you. They've never seen you. Like, it's, it's a wild thing to imagine, and how— you know, for somebody who's as engaged in social media and like pop, like as he is, like that would be hard to just turn it away. Like it'd be easy for me because I don't consume a lot of it, right? Like, and maybe you just do that. Like maybe you become less of a consumer, and and that's how you do it. But like that, that is a wild thing to think about. It's taken twenty years for Taylor Swift to reach that level of stardom. It's taken Travis Kelsey about I don't know five months. If anybody is equipped for that, it's Travis Kelsey, because he had to remember he had his own reality show, you know, a few years ago when yeah, he got into the league. So. I mean, he was on. And nobody watched. Nobody watched it, but it wasn't a football thing. It was a dating show. He was he had his own right, dating right, right, show right. Yeah. on the E Network that my wife watched, and she didn't watch football at the time. She didn't know Travis Kelsey from football. She knew him from the reality show that he was on, and that was about him. Yeah. You know, and so he, he's been in this world a little bit. So I think he not to this level, not anywhere I, I close to this level. There but is no level like this. But like, this is a different level. I understand that. But I mean, you know, the being famous in Kansas City, like the, he's done things outside of Kansas City where his name has been out there. You know, he so hosted SNL. Absolutely. Right? And that was before he started dating Taylor. So, you know, all, all those things he, he's been doing it before. He's just cranked it up a few notches. I'll tell you that my wife would not have been able to tell you who Travis Kelsey was. And she likes football, right, before this year. I don't think. Maybe maybe around here she would by now. But in general terms, like, she wouldn't be able to tell you who George Kittle is. You know, like, if George Kittle starts dating Taylor Swift, then it's a different scenario. He was famous with who he was famous for. And now you just have to imagine... I don't know what the percentage of, you know, because, like, there are plenty of places in the world that don't care one lick or, or know anything about. But, like, of the, you know, of the world we live in, right, I, I would imagine that, like, just, just fathom for a second. Let's say it's 70% of the population knowing who you are. That is, that is overwhelming to think about, right? Like, it, it, it is just, like... The difference in if you happen to watch his show on E or if you happen to be a football fan to what it is now, I can't imagine that overnight, right? It's 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 like being the president. There's probably as many people right now that exist that know who Travis Kelsey is that know who Joe Biden is like, or, or, you know, Donald Trump. Like, that's crazy to think about. Like, anywhere you go, no matter what you do, people are going to know who you are. How do you make an ass of yourself anymore? Right? Like how do you how do you just go in that anonymity that you get occasionally and and like just cut it loose? Like you can't do that anymore. That's Sure a- you can. And he's he's been doing it. I mean, you know, he got on the mic. He does what he, he hasn't changed a bit. He got on the mic after the oh, AFC Championship game and did the whole you got to fight for your right to party. Bit, the audience right. has changed, but he, but he's yeah. I mean, he's Travis Kelsey. He's an, an NFL player. Imagine. 
you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't have any, like, concerns for him being able to handle this. I think that he's oh, I don't got either. it. I just am fascinated by the idea of it. He's going to be fine. He's yeah. as equipped to handle it as anybody ever has been. I just, like, I can't imagine it. Because I relate far more to his, in that statement, which is so perfect, like, it's different being famous in Kansas City and, you know, being famous around the world. Like, I live with people recognizing me and knowing who I am and, like, did I forget them? Do I know them? Like, that's not a big deal. I, I understand that. I have a hard time comprehending and understanding what it must be like now he'll be fine but it is interesting and he handles it well and he deserves a lot of credit for handling it well and Patrick Mahomes deserves a lot of credit for handling everything well all the time as his dad has now gotten himself into trouble and his brother's in trouble and like all of these public facing people that he is around constantly to never let that rattle him or steer him in the wrong direction is is incredible Kelsey's the same way you know, to some degree, Andy Reid is too. Andy Reid has found himself in some really bad situations. And like the fact that all those three guys are all wired so similarly is a big part of why this team has been so successful. They're able to compartmentalize football in a way that I don't think a lot of a lot of athletes can do that or coaches like it's what they do and what they spend their time thinking about. You know, I was thinking about it the other day and, and trying to find some kind of comparison because we talk about dynasty a lot with this team. We talk about the four Super Bowls in five years and, and all of that and trying to, con- trying to find a comparison. And I think you can look at the Patriots kind of. Like there are some similarities, but honestly, if it were me, I look at more like the, the Bulls of the 90s. And you had major superstars in Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman was an international superstar for a lot of different reasons that had nothing to do with what happened on the basketball court. And Phil Jackson was known you know, as the, the master and, and the coach and all of that. The Zen master. The yeah. Zen master. I would relate what we're looking at with Kansas City back Except to the Bulls of the 90s. those guys were distractions. The Chiefs don't let it be distractions. Like They handle it better. I think. I mean, were, were there a lot? I mean, other than Rodman's antics, he like disappeared for half. Like, but for they a few still weeks. they still won championships. Like oh, they were yeah, very yeah, yeah. like business focused and like we're going to go out and we're going to we're going to do what we do and we're going to win championships. Yeah, like I, so I would Jordan, make that man. comparison because <laughs> you know, like the Patriots were a dynasty, but let's be honest, the Patriots were boring. Like they, they just didn't like. You well. Know, but, I mean, Tom Brady is as big a celebrity as the sport had at the time, and Belichick was a big personality. They, I honestly would relate it more to that. Like, with all the outside noise, like, they were able to just compartmentalize football in a way that's part of what they made made them great. That's why I've always thought the Chiefs do have a, a, a chance at an extended run here because they're good at the same thing. Now, Andy Reid's not going to coach as long as Bill Belichick did, so they've got to do that. Speaking of this, I just saw this on social media. Uh, this came out, and I don't think we knew this before. Andy Reid must have said it in the last few minutes. Eric Bieniemy came into the Chiefs locker room and talked to the team before the AFC Championship game. Mahomes said it gave him goosebumps. As Bieniemy is now out of a job in Washington, some have asked, like, do we think he's going to come back to Kansas City? I think my answer to that initially was I would doubt it because they're finally clear of it, right, of that situation in general. Not that he hasn't been a good coach for Kansas City. Obviously, he has. 
but maybe they would. It's, it certainly sounds like they, they loved having him if they brought him in before the, the biggest game they had played and let him talk to the team. So that's interesting to hear that story here today. Uh, it's interesting that they, you know, waited until today to talk about it, probably to give him a boost as he's kind of kicked while he's down right now as Cliff Kingsbury just took his job. But I would not have suspected that. Maybe there is a future for EB back in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, exactly how that would would work, and and I don't know if they would make a change with Matt Nagy or, um, you know, what that would look like because Nagy's been around for a while. I know he came back, you know, after he was the Bears head coach, but he was with Andy Reid, you know, prior to that for for a while. You know, this second stint as offensive coordinator for Nagy clearly has not gone as well as the first one uh, for a variety of reasons. So I don't know if Andy Reid would be, you know, interested in making a change and bringing Nagy the enemy and, back. Nagy and EB and Andy Reid have been in part of the same coaching staff before. Yeah. You know, like I, I think you could just do something similar. I, I don't look, they can call people whatever they want to call people. Andy Reid is that team's offensive coordinator, right? He calls the plays. So I, I mean, I think as far as I know, he still does. So he comes like everybody's working in tandem with Andy Reid anyway. It's not like you've got, you know, one of Mike Vrabel who's just going to sort of hand the offense off, you know, or 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 or, or uh, Tomlin who's just going to say, all right, you you handle the offense, I'm going to handle everything else. That's not the way it works. So I think it can work. I mean, I think they could have whoever they want on staff if those guys are willing to just come in and be a part of it again. And I would imagine. Eric Bieniemy is probably a guy just like Matt Nagy. Like that was not a fun experience in Chicago. Let's go back to where it was fun, right? Maybe EB does. That's what Steve Spagnuolo is doing right now. Steve Spagnuolo had his shot as a head coach. Didn't work. You don't think he's enjoying life right now? Like at some point, don't like what makes you happy, right? And for Spags, people ask like, why is he not a head coach? I don't know if I'm him. I'd want to go do that again. Yeah, you've been around a long time. This these players adore him like you've got a chance to win Super Bowls be a part of this thing it's one of the more well-run organizations in football like you think he'd want to be you think Matt Nagy wants to be a head coach again after that experience I don't know like EB never got the chance so of course he's going to still want it but be nice to go back where you loved and appreciated for a minute if you're trying to make your rounds. Well, and, you know, of course, there was all the talk, you know, when EB was in Kansas City towards the end about perceived friction and, you know, issues and things like that. Well, now you don't have EB and look at the way the offense, you know, performed this last year, you know, so it's kind of like maybe, you know, you can come together again and try to figure that out. I think that this is not uncommon. Look at Belichick, you know, Belichick's assistants would leave, not do particularly well, and then go right back to Belichick. That that happens. Uh, Josh McDaniels is a prime example of that. Uh, Matt Patricia is a prime example of that. Those things happened over the years with Bill Belichick and and his assistants. So the same thing can happen with Andy Reid and his assistants. Uh, And I get where you're coming from with Spagnola. I think, though, that the difference with Spagnola is that there ought to be teams out there that are looking at what he's done in Kansas City and think, okay, he he can get another chance here to do maybe. a really good job as a head coach. Maybe he doesn't want it, but there he ought to be other the profile. Maybe there ought to be other teams out teams there that are giving him a for. more serious look to be sure. a head coach. There should be. What they need to give him a look for is how much his players love him, right? That's that's sort of the trend. But he doesn't fit the profile of what head coaches are anymore that are getting new jobs. 
He just doesn't. Like the retread era of older guys has crashed and burned a few times lately. It's going to take a minute before that trend makes itself back around in the NFL. Like that was a that was a pretty good trend for a while and then that didn't work at all the last couple of coaching cycles and so now they'll, you know, they'll go back to the to the young assistants and go that route again. It's what always happens in the NFL. Like it always there are these trends that sort of break through. But I like if I'm Spags again. Like how old is Spags? He's he's in his fifties, right? He's got to like be he's, early sixties, I would think, or around sixty, probably. Yeah, he's uh, he's sixty four. He's yeah. as, goodness, he's as old as Andy Reid is. Yep. Like he's not. Yeah, like I, what, what are you doing? I mean, like, remember Spags, when he was really... a, when he was a head coach, he was the coach of the Rams in St. Louis. If that tells you how long ago that was. Yeah. Right. Uh, but why would you like sixty four years old? Like, this is fun. Like, I'm just going to stay here. Let's see what we can do for three or four years, and then I'm going to be good for a minute. Spags will be a good analyst. Like, Spags has a few. Like, he's an interesting dude if you listen to him talk. Highly, highly entertaining when he's out there talking. But that EB story, uh, it'll get some run today. That That's an interesting one, that he was there. How cool would it be, uh, by the way, if he is able to be with the team? I mean, he doesn't have a job now. He's officially out in Washington. So I don't yeah. know what would preclude him or the Chiefs not to necessarily bring him on a coach. I'm not suggesting that, but at least have him and his energy be around the team leading up to the game on Sunday. And he might already be there. I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, that would if he was able to give a, a speech to the team before the AFC Championship and it gave him goosebumps, they ought to try to find a way to get him involved with the team this week leading up to the game. I don't think they would have just like talked about it. And maybe somebody got some inside information and then asked them. Hmm, I, you know, I, I don't know how much good that would do. I have no idea. What do you think of the Cliff Kingsbury edition in Washington, by the way? Well, I mean, I think it tells you all you need to know about the direction that Dan Quinn and that organization is going. I mean, they're taking Caleb Williams. They, they're going to try to find a way to get to get they Caleb Williams. They still have to get into position. They got to get into Caleb position. Williams. But I mean, you know, look, I mean, uh, Kingsbury coached him at USC. Williams is from the D.C. area. They didn't bring Cliff Kingsbury in to coach Sam Howell, I'll tell you that much. Uh, no, I think so, they did. I think, I, I think they brought Cliff Kingsbury in to coach whatever quarterback they end up with. I don't think like, Kingsbury don't would go to a team where their starting quarterback is Sam Howell. I don't, I don't think Kingsbury that's a, was Kingsbury like, was a done deal in Vegas until they wouldn't get him a third deal. I mean, he was ready to go coach Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know who uh, their Garoppolo's quarterback is. Garoppolo's not going to be the guy next year, I don't think. In, I don't know who the guy is going to be. Vegas. That's what I'm saying. Like, But they're not going to have a shot. So he was ready to just come back to the NFL. I think Washington just brought him in because they know they're taking a quarterback. I think I am in the camp of you mortgage everything to get Caleb Williams, I think. You know, if it's like your next three first-round picks, which is a, just an unreal ransom. I think you do it. If you evaluate it, everyone talks about with Chicago. Like, it's all about what do they think of Justin Fields. I completely disagree. I don't think it matters what they think about Justin Fields. I think it only matters what these teams think about Caleb Williams, right? You're not going to tell me that anybody thinks of, like, definitively, you're better off with Drake May than than Justin Fields. You're Like, that's, that's a, a stretch, right? We don't know enough. Caleb Williams is the guy that has that sort of, you know, spotlight it only matters what Chicago thinks of Caleb Williams like all of this all of these things happening around Chicago the only thing that matters is if they evaluate Caleb Williams that way if they do they'll take him 
If they don't, that's where things get really interesting for them. Now you can talk about trading the pick. You can talk about trading Justin Fields, whatever. But it really only matters what they think about Caleb Williams. Because if they think he's that kind of quarterback, they're going to take him. They're not going to trade. They're not doing that. I think if you see them trade that pick, it's because they don't evaluate Caleb Williams that way. It will have nothing to do with Justin Fields. Or maybe they do, and they understand the return that they can get if they move him. There's not a return in football that a team should, though, trade away if you think it's going to be, if that's your guy at quarterback for eternity, right? For the next future of your friend. Like, you don't, you just, it doesn't, what, no, there's nothing you could get in return that would be better than that. I don't think, I mean, I think that's how important the position is. I could be wrong, I suppose. I think it's changed a little bit. You know, you got Brock Purdy there, obviously, and a great roster in San Francisco. But how many times has that great roster in San Francisco, which has been there now for five, six years, won a Super Bowl? The Chiefs have had a decimated roster and just keep keep on getting right back there. Why is that? They got they got their quarterback. That's why. 869-1240. We'll come back. We'll talk a little shockers when we return on Sports Daily. Welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily. It is a game night for the Shockers, uh, who need to get a big-time win over a team they're supposed to beat. They are behind UTSA in the standings. Tommy, uh, top of your head, how many road games do you think Wichita State has won this year? Uh, Two. One. One. Yep. I knew it wasn't many. One win on the road. And you're down there now with UTSA. Uh, it is time for Wichita State to do what it is capable of doing, which has been the problem for this team this year, right? We know they're capable of it because they continuously are in games. Like, now, they're not winning them against good teams, which is unfortunate, certainly. You're a nine-point favorite on the road tonight. That's how much that's how bad UTSA is. Okay. You're a nine point Wichita State, who has one road win this year, is a nine point favorite over UTSA. Well, it I, is yeah. one of the worst teams in college basketball. Yeah. Their their net ranking is 280. And I'm gonna check just real quick how many teams get ranked in the net rankings. They're at 280, and in college basketball. There are 360. Okay, so they're about as far down a major conference team as you will find. You're favored by nine points. You go and win this game and win it handily, and let's be done with this floor for the Shockers. You want to know why? There's a couple of reasons why I think Wichita State is favored by that margin on the road. Number one is because of the effort against Memphis over the weekend. That, I mean, recency bias, that kind of tells you a little bit about that. But number two, you mentioned UTSA, one of the worst teams in college basketball, but even dialing in a little bit more, they are one of the worst defenses in college basketball. They give up almost 84 points a game on average this season. And so Wichita State has a chance to bounce back offensively And they've got to do that in a big way. UTSA is not, you would think, 
not going to provide a whole lot of resistance on the defensive end of the court. And so that's what I'm looking at with this game. If we get through this game tonight and Wichita State puts up 60 or 65 points, it's not going to be good for them. And and we'll talk about it tomorrow. But if they can get to that 75, 80, 85 point range, kind of around where UTSA is averaging, then at that point, that seems to be a recipe for a victory for the Shockers tonight and a chance to cover that spread. Yeah, I I, I don't even know, honestly, like I, I don't even know within a game things like that for this team. I really don't. Like I, I, I guess I would say we've seen the team have its best opportunities when it's better defensively than when it's at its best offensively is that even like I I don't even know that that's true that's just the way it's felt so yeah I I can't can they translate that level of defense from game to game I I I honestly I think that's what's going to make the difference for this team we saw the turnover issue be much better against Memphis T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think it's I think it's how they play defense, Tom. Like, I think that's that's it for them is how they play defense. I, I think that I get what you're saying overall in the the bigger scheme of things, but in this particular game, if you are up against one of the worst defenses in college basketball, and you take advantage, you can't take advantage of it on the offensive end of the court. That that's what in this one particular game in a vacuum against UTSA tonight, you've got to score at a high clip. Because you're getting an opportunity against a really bad defense. Yeah, I, I and and look, I, I'm just looking at it. They've lost a lot of games where they've played good defense, right? Um, it that they have. So, it, it, what's what's just so crazy about it is in in their last 13 games or whatever it is, they they just have they just aren't winning any of them. Like it's not even like it's bad luck, right? Like you just have, you've got a Southern Illinois win and you've got an SMU win. Those are the only wins they've had since Richmond in late November. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like it's been that 
like it just is is wild to even think about. And now you get into this stretch, and we've talked about this. You've got a game against UTSA and East Carolina and Tulsa and Temple and UAB and Rice and Tulane. And if you're just looking, right, at at net rankings or the metrics, Wichita State should have an opportunity to win every one of those games. All of them. Charlotte is the best of that group. Um, Yeah, Charlotte is the best of that group. And that's it. Right. And, and and so you just hung with Memphis, who the metrics are liking less and less, by the way. Um, you're going to have to play FAU at their place. That's that's not one. Obviously, we look at as like, oh, they need to win that game. Actually, that's in Wichita. Sorry, they already played at their place. But we th- I think they can hang. But all of these other games, like as bad as it's been and not been able to get those wins, they have a chance here just based on their upside that we have seen of their remaining Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Like they, 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 ability wise, have the ability to go like seven and two over that stretch. I mean, they really do. But just like when we look at everything that's out there and know what the ceiling of this team can be, that's what's so wild. And I think exciting. I think that's exciting. I mean, it, it is for me. It, it's, I don't know. I, I we always look for like what what good can come of everything in a in a finish like that in a good conference tournament. I, I think you can somewhat salvage what's been just a wildly disappointing season. Well, look, Paul Mills said you know earlier this week that he feels like this team is ready to win the close games. I don't exactly know what that means, <laughs> but you, you got to put uh, your money where your mouth uh, is at this point. Yeah, you've had lots of chances at that. I, I hope that's right. And they haven't been ready clearly to do it before. That's interesting. Uh, but but I get it. Like, they've played so many of them. Now it's time. Now it's time. Go go kick the crap out of UTSA on the road, please. Like, come on. That's a bad team. 869-1240. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up after this. Nation, it's time to build the excitement for spring sports. The baseball team is primed for success under head coach and Hornet alum Brad Hill. The women's softball team is coming off a 33-win season, and the track and field teams are looking to continue their winning tradition under new head coach Seth Mischke. It's going to be a great season to be a Hornet, so come cheer on the spring sports teams. Get your season tickets and all sport passes today at ESUHornets.com. Save time, trouble, and frustration when you call Mr. Electric. Mr. Electric provides expert receptacle repair, ceiling fan installation, kitchen lighting, electrical panel upgrades, home search protection, and more. Experience unmatched professional service and safety with upfront pricing. Call ahead scheduling and 24-7 emergency electrical services. Save the headache with Mr. Electric, residential or commercial. Mr. Electric has the power to make things better. Call now, 316-361-5200. Online at MrElectricWichita.com. The biggest winner in the big game could be you. Thanks to BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks is offering new customers a chance to score $158 in bonus bets instantly. That's right, instantly. Just download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code BUZZER. Then place a $5 money line wager on the big game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of your wager's outcome. 
Don't miss your opportunity to cross the goal line on the money line as pro football's top teams clash for the championship. Can't be in Vegas for the big game? Then bring the big game excitement to you with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Kansas only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hey, Shocker fans, if you can only make it out to one Wichita State men's basketball game this year, make it this one when the Shockers take on FAU, fresh off their Final Four appearance in last year's NCAA tournament. Tip-off is Sunday, February 11th at 11 a.m. Wear black to the game because we're blacking out the roundhouse. Make sure to stay in your seats during halftime as well to enjoy a special performance from the Frisbee Dogs. Get your tickets for the game now at GoShockers.com slash tickets or call 316-978-FAN. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Football's biggest game day is almost here. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.